Hallelujah. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good, isn't he, folks? I said he's good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to give praise and honor and glory to God. Amen. Because he's worthy of all of it. He is worthy of every one of it and more. All the praise we could muster up and give to him, he's worthy of that plus more. I'm so uh, grateful and thankful and humbled by God to be here this morning. Uh, I never, ever take it lightly when I have to share in God's behalf uh, because I know uh, we live in the age of uh, information. Amen? Uh, but what the world needs now is not just more information, but we need a revelation of God's spirit because it's his word that makes the difference. So I thank God. I want to give honor to uh, Pastor Ron and Sister Judy. Amen. I'm just thankful to God uh, uh, for for your your, your 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 spiritual guidance, for your love for God. Amen. And I thank God greatly for you and all the others, my beloved mom here in the midst and, and all of the, the ushers and deacons and everyone uh, who's played a part here this morning. I'm grateful and thankful to God for you. I have some nice friends. I told them the glitches. I'm so happy to see them this morning. And Miss Deborah, I'm just so always grateful. I got a whole row of people here. <laughs> and the Johnsons, good to see you all this morning. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Stephen, Carol, and Zoe, I'm, I'm, all of you, I'm so grateful to God uh, for you here this morning. Uh, my workmate, Ron, he said he was going to be here this morning, and he's here with his family. So I'm just so grateful. Uh, Pastor Ron said uh, something very important. I hope we are remembering during this time as our uh, uh, Pastor Andrew and his family is on sabbatical, that you constantly lift them up in prayer. Amen? Amen? This is not just a time for you to say, well, he's not here, he's relaxing, but you pray, pray that God will continue uh, to wrap his family uh, with such power, love, and grace. Amen? And to do what only he can do. So I just want to thank God uh, for his mercy and his grace here this morning. Amen? Let's go to God before I say another word. Father, we are honored by your presence here. We are deeply, deeply grateful. We are thankful, O oh God, not just because you died, not just because you were buried, but because you rose again. And that has made all the world of difference to us, O oh God. I just want to thank you for everyone here this morning. I thank you, God, that we've sung songs, we've worshiped, we've praised you, O oh God. But now we need to hear from you. Our hearts we present to you, O oh God, as soil, fertile soil for the planting of the seed of your word. And we ask that you may plant it, plant it, plant it, and let your Holy Spirit bring revelation to us that will change our lives. We give you all the glory, the honor, the praise, and the thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ, your son, we pray. And all God's people say, amen and amen. Hallelujah. It is important that you understand, uh, as I was preparing this morning, I was wrestling. I, I wanted to know how far back God wanted me to go to share with you about this. And uh, if you could put the title up there this morning, I'm going to uh, speak to you what I feel God has laid in my heart. It's called Resurrection, Live Beyond the Cross. Amen. Amen. As I look at so many people, uh, oftentimes uh, people, uh, 
like to use certain symbols to represent uh, Christianity. And one of the uh, uh, most popular things, emblems, is the cross. Amen? There have been so many songs written about the old rugged cross and, and, and different things. You know, there's a whole week, the passion of the Christ and many things where people, we focus on the cross and his death and the crucifixion, which is all very powerful and good. But I want to let you know this morning, what Christ did by dying, being buried, was great. But the most important thing is that he rose again. It is important that we remember the cross. But even more important that we live beyond the cross. Amen? I said this, amen. Somebody give me an amen there. Oh, I got two. Hallelujah. I shared with some of the folks, and for many of you who've heard me preach, you're going to be hearing this time and time again because I've got to go back to that point. Amen? About a year and a few months ago, well, for most of you who don't know, I was born and raised in church by two of the greatest parents ever. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Ever. Such people of faith and understanding. And they brought us up in church, understanding, digging into the word of God. And I've preached, I've been preaching now for a while. And God has given me such revelation. But over a year and a couple of months ago, something happened in my life that changed the game for me. And when I say change, I really meant change it. And any of you who've known me prior to, know that it's not that God was never speaking in me or through me. God has given me such amazing revelations and I've, I've been amazed. But a year and a half ago, I was just sitting there, you know, just I, I'd gotten to a point in my life where I felt the Holy Spirit says, Dex, for the past years of your life, you've been in my house and I've been pouring into you. I've been just filling you up. And I could hear almost crystal clear where I told my wife, I said, God has just told us. From this point on, your life is now changed. It's time for you now to begin giving up. It is time for you now, all the stuff I've given you, and I'm going to give you a whole lot more, it is time now for you to be poured out all over, wherever I send you, wherever I called you. And I begin, you know, I, I sit there at home, instead of watching TV, I begin just filling my life with the word, watching preachers and men of faith, and, 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 different, and something began happening. And I just happened to turn on the YouTube, and my sister, I think Becky, told me about this one guy, uh, Bishop Duncan. And I just happened to pull it up that day, and he was speaking in Australia. He had just flew in for a conference, didn't have a Bible or anything, just began speaking from his heart. And he spoke on prayer. And he challenged, and it's like the Spirit of God was speaking directly to me. And he put a challenge out there. He said, for the next 30 days, if you look at all the different religions of the world, many pray many times a day. Some three, some four, some five, some six times a day. But he said Christianity is the only one where we feel we could pray however, whenever, wherever. 
And he challenged me so, and he says, for the next 30 days, God told me, whoever is listening, now I'm watching this, of course, this was something that already had taken place. And he says, I'm putting a challenge out there to you right now. For the next 30 days, if you would commit to praying at least three times a day. And he says, whoever hears this and you do it, you will experience God in a way like you've never before. And right then and there, I felt the Holy Spirit says, I'm talking to you. So over the next 30 days, what I did, I began to pray three times a day, sometimes four or five. Every moment I get, I would just pray and pray and begin to bask in the word of God. And after that, something happened in my life that just absolutely blew me away. First of all, I felt God called me to a life of remarkable and unshakable faith. Faith like I've never experienced before in my life. Faith for everything. If it's in the word of God, he says, I want you to have faith for it. And God began showing me things. One of the things he showed me, and I believe is that I want you to get this because this is going to be pivotal for you. He says about, I would say, probably 98% of the church in America today does not have an idea of what it really fully means to live this victorious life. 98%. And that weighed heavily on my spirit. And I began looking at things happening all over the world. And folks, if you don't believe God is moving, I've got news for you. He is moving. Might not be here in America the way he is going to move, but he is moving. And that hunger and thirst began to just flow out of me. That every single moment I got, I began. And even right now, it didn't stop. The Holy Spirit began to show me, says, if you want something you've never had, you're going to have to do some things you've never done. And I begin just flooding my heart every time, every moment I get right now. In fact, if I sit during the week and watch TV, I feel guilty. Because now when I'm eating, when I'm home from work, I'm just feeling myself. Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland, Bishop David Oyedip, all the men of faith. I begin to feed my spirit. And I begin to feel as if it were a faucet being turned on inside of me. And the Spirit of God says, now I have called you to take this message. Wherever I'm leading you, you preach it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Let me tell you something, folks. There's many churches that are filled with lots of singing, which is great. Lots of emotionalism, which is great. Lots of altar working, which is great. But I want to let you know, faith only comes by hearing and speaking the word of God. You know, it is so powerful. I begin looking at the lives of great men. And I, I don't forget who it was that somebody said there was this one preacher who have spoken and preached to hundreds and thousands. But if you went back and looked at many who were converted, they said the ratio was actually very small. They were saved, but the longevity of them. And then I looked at some others who had great healing ministry. And when you look at the stats in their lives also, many people who are healed under their ministry, the healing did not last. It wasn't sustained. 
And the Holy Spirit began to speak. He said, the only thing that sustains that in you is the word. Do you understand? And it's not faith that comes by, I heard it, but faith that comes by hearing. Amen? You've got to constantly hear. It's just analyze a big, strong guy that goes to the gym. You could be the biggest, the strongest. If you stop working out, guess what? Over time, you will lose. Your muscle will not retain the capacity with which it is. And it's the same thing with the belief. Listen, folks, if, if I stop preaching right here and right now, and you don't take anything from this service, take this. Begin to bask yourself in the word of God. As you're riding in your car, as you're watching YouTube, begin to preach, uh, tune into men of God who preach the word of God. And not only I'm not talking about hooping and hollering, I'm talking about rightly dividing the word of God. Amen. Because the devil will not respect anything. Why? Because God's word is God's law. The law that God says he will operate in and through and the devil must respect. Amen. So now, live beyond the cross. Let's jump right in. I want to start with Isaiah 53 verse 3 to 5. You got it. He is despised and rejected um, of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Now, I want you to see how this verse it started off saying he is despised. And at the end, it says he was despised. If you look at what is going on in the world today, Christ is still despised by many. You understand? There are people right now across the world who are being killed for the name of Jesus. Amen? So he's still being despised. Verse 4, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Pause there for a second. I remember a few years ago, I preached a message that says, the crucifixion, the dawn of a new era. I don't think we understood, and many of us, we may never understand on this side of heaven what Christ went through. Amen. That word bruise speaks of this, to crumble, to bruise, literally or figuratively, to beat to pieces, to break into pieces, contrite, crush, destroy, humble or humiliate, oppress, smite. So for sin that was in our lives, Christ was basically destroyed. The Holy Spirit began to show me things. He says, most people read over this stuff and they keep on going. When the Bible says, and Christ, he was distressed unto death. How he didn't even want to go to the cross. How displeasing. How deeply distressful it was that he even prayed. He said, Father, if it's even any way possible that I don't have to go through it. 
let me not go through this. Do you understand? God in human form, he cried out and says, if I don't have to experience this God, I don't want to do it. That's how devastating it was. Now, all of that, not only that, the Bible says he was even numbered with sinners in hell. He went to a place, now, we may never understand the depth of how much Christ abhors sins. It is like you're sitting down at a meal, your favorite meal, and somebody was to drop a dead carcass, rotten and maggots all over, right there in the midst in front of you. But God allowed Christ to be placed in all of that. That's why on the cross he says, my God. Now, here's something that's so powerful. Every other moment in the Bible, Jesus called God the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I only speak what my father tells me, but on the cross, he called him God. It was a disconnect. At that point, God says, don't even look at me, father, anymore. Don't even, I can imagine, I'm in a desperate place, dying. And I look at my mom or my dad, and they tell me at this point, I don't even want, don't even look at this experience right now. And that only gives you a hint of what he had to go through. Now, if you ask yourself, why was this so important? You've got to go back. And I, I, this is where I struggled. I was like, Father, I don't want to give them too much information. Because we see from the very beginning, our relationship with God has been a relationship of love. Everything he's built, he says, we are the apple of his eyes. The Bible says we were created for his pleasure. God says, I'm creating you to love. And the most important thing I'm giving you is choice because you know what? I just don't want puppets who will love me because I say so. I want people who will love me by choice. So when sin came through Adam and Eve, everything was thrown out of whack. And the only way, as you look throughout the Old Testament, was that of life, the blood. And it has to be something perfect. Only Christ could have done it. Here's something that's even more powerful. Not just any man, over the eons of time, the Godhead says, you know what? We can't find a man that could be as blameless. Nobody could fulfill the price. And between the Godhead, it was decided one of us has got to do it. One of us has got to go in human form. Why is that so important? Here's something, folks, in case you hadn't realized. When God gave dominion to man on the earth, he gave him dominion, right? God will not do anything on this earth unless it's through a person. Nothing, I need y'all to get this. Nothing. Oftentimes we say, oh God, that's why in the New Testament Jesus says, whatsoever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth is loose in heaven. I can and will do nothing except in and through you. So then because he would not break the law that he already established, he says, a man has got to do it. And since there's no man that qualifies, 
one of us will now have to leave heaven and go on this earth in a man form. That's why the Bible says he's also the son of God and he's equally the son of man. So now, and I'm sorry if I start crying, that's what happens. When the anointing comes in me, I can't contain myself. But he says, one of us have got to go pay this price. Got to do it. So now the elaborate plan of love was put in place. So Christ came. He did all this. Bore sin. The Bible says he went to hell. He didn't just lie there sleeping in a place of rest. He went to the place of torment. Beyond what any of us could ever imagine. But he did it for a reason. And that is where the church has failed. Because most of us, 98% of us are still living in the pre-resurrection. We've got the crucifixion down pat. We talk about it all the time. But we have no clue. We have no clue what it means to live this powerful, resurrected life. And that is what I was here to send. I was sent here this morning to tell you. Now, let's move right ahead. There's so many things. I'm going to give you some points here. But I want you to keep in mind for every one of them, they're inexhaustible information and revelation coming from it. You know, I, 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 I preached this many times before, and I heard my dad say this so many times when he was alive. He says you could never exhaust the word of God. And you know, every time I open the scripture, I am coming to realize uh, the reality of that so much. Now, so for each one of these, I just try to give a condensed form, but I've went into depth. Each one of these I could preach a whole message on. Several messages for several years and still would not tap into all of it. Amen? Now, the first thing, 1 Peter 2, verse 4, the first bullet point. What does it mean to live beyond the resurrection? 1 Peter 2, 24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. Now Isaiah says by his stripes we are healed. First thing, healing. Now, I told you about the revelation. I've told my folks this before. Before my dad died and before my sister died, even way back then, the Holy Spirit had begun nudging on me. I understood the concept. Because I always felt that it was God's will. Now, I'm going to say something. For many of you here this morning, after you leave, your life is going to be changed. It's never going to be the same. For the better. I don't know which one it is, but the Holy Spirit says some folks in here this morning, after hearing this message, your life is going to take a radical turn for good. And you're going to experience God like you've never had in your life before. Now, this was one of the concepts. I always felt that it was God's will that every single Christian, once you've accepted Christ, to be healed. Everyone. But I just never knew how. I, I said, God, I don't understand. There's so many people die. Christians die. Why? And then we hear Christians. Now, 
I'm going to say something that's going to blow some of your minds. I've heard so many Christians say, well, it was God's will. We just, maybe God called them home. I'm not debating the dying part. I'm debating the how you die part. When the scriptures are filled with scriptures that says, how about this one? They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So these things baffled me for years. God, why? You said it in your word. I believe. But then this scripture right here. When Christ died on the cross, Christ says, I am now... I paid the price for you to be healed. Not will, not thinking about it. He says, I have now paid that price. I want you to figure healing is this. He says, I went, the scripture says what? I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of hell and of death. He says, healing is one of the things I went to hell, I snatched it from the devil and says, I'm taking back healing. He's put in a storage account for us. Because Paul spoke, he says, uh, we now have all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So everything you will ever need is in heaven. That's another revelation I shared with some folks. Uh, several months ago, God spoke two things directly into my spirit. He says, everything you will ever need in this life I have already provided it. All right? And he says, I've called you now to an unlimited life. And that is the theme of my life going forward, folks. Everything I'll ever need, God has already provided, and I am called to live unlimited. And anyone who is around me, if you stay around me long enough, you will hear this coming out of me. At some point, you're going to grab it too. Now, here's what he showed me. He says, when I died, all these things I took it. I secured it for you. So when we're sitting there praying, most believers spend time praying about stuff that God has already done. Sitting there and crying, God, I went to the doctor and he says, I've got stage four cancer. Oh, God, heal me. Oh, Father, heal me. I'm going to eight day hundred fast. And God is saying, Christ already paid for that. It's already done. You're crying out, you're fasting for 80 days, you're falling and sucking rug and eating whatever. It's not changing the difference. Christ has already done it. So if he's already did it, where lies the problem? The problem with us is the receiving. We don't know how to live and receive. I could say, my sister, this is for you. It is yours. I could come to Sister Lou and say, I've written you a check for $1 billion. Here. Different ones of you, I bought you a car, a Mercedes S550 sitting in the parking lot. It's yours. It will do you no good until you go and receive it. And the Spirit of God begins to tell me, he says, most of the body of Christ, they don't know how to receive what I have already done. Not going to do. So when you're praying to God, God, I want you to heal. You're saying, now, oh God, I want you to do something that you've already done. So then, how do we receive this? How? 
We'll get to that in the end. So the problem now, and if you've ever been praying like this, I want you to change your focus. Begin, and I could give you illustrations. You know what? Because I've told folks this many times before. I said, God, I don't want to preach about anything that I have not lived. I don't want to stand before not a single person and preach about something that I have not experienced. And God began to show me stuff in my very own life. And maybe you've heard it before from the healings to the miracle, starting with me. He says, you want this? How bad do you want it? Begin to practice what you preach from asthma to styes in my eye to whatever. And he's healed me of it. Why? Because I put my faith and exercise on God's word. Now, healing is one of those. The second thing, which we can leave the scripture for, for uh, before going into the next one. The second part is we are the righteousness of God. By Christ dying on the cross, he says, I have made you the righteousness of God. Now you're sitting there, some of you might, okay, I'm the righteousness of God. What does that mean? That verse right there. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness. Unto righteousness. 2 Corinthians 5.21. Powerful verse. For he hath made him, who is him? Jesus. Made him sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made. You understand that word? Made the righteousness of God in him. So when Christ died, he says, anybody now who have accepted me, I have made you the righteousness of God. What does that mean? Huh? Righteousness, equity of character or act, justification. He says, now because of what Christ did, every time I look at you, once you've accepted me, I see you. Now this is the part that got me. He says, I see you exactly, exactly as I see Jesus Christ. Many of the body of Christ, would, some people think, oh no, because here's the, dev, here's the lie the devil has told many. Oh no, no, that, that, you can't say stuff like that. Oh, that is so arrogant. No, it is the word of God. And it's a lie that the enemy has perpetuated for so long. That's why Paul says we have an advocate, the high priest, who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Therefore, we can go how? boldly to the throne why the word of God says we go boldly but yet we are so timid when it comes to God's word you think by wearing a cross on your neck it entitles you to what God has died for you think by coming to church Sunday after Sunday paying your tithes and offering why look at the body of Christ the church is filled with more sick folks than any place else. Well, not exactly, but. Most churches, where they have a mailing list of the sick and the shutting, it is so long. These are the things the Holy Spirit began dealing with me about. He says, don't you understand what Christ went through? 
not for you to have a whole long, sick and shuddering list. You are mine. I died for this. So in the righteousness of Christ, when you accept Christ, he sees you. God sees you just like he sees Christ. Now when that begins to marinate in your spirit, it's going to change you. Because it changes how you walk, how you live this life. You see, you never saw Christ walking around all timid. When he approached the situation with demons, you never saw Christ. Whoa, whoa, what's a bad demon? No, no, never bust a sweat. When he was in the boat and the waves being tossed and turned, everybody, oh, master, master. Jesus was what? Sleeping on the bottom of the boat. Why? Because he knew his place. He knew his position with the father. We've got to understand that we live our lives in fear and doubt. So then we are the righteousness of Christ. Third one, faith. Now, one of the things the Holy Spirit showed me a while back during this whole process of time over the year, one of the things I know he's called me to do, it, and that is to live a life of faith and to teach faith. Now, everything, whatever I do, I am just oozing. Always crying, God, I want to have your faith. And my daughter's here. Speaking of, my wife is not here this morning. I greet you in her name also. You had to go down to Charleston. We had uh, kids there and the first new grandbaby, and she is just so excited. So we kind of got our schedules uh, uh, crossed, and I was like, I thought you had to preach this Sunday, next Sunday. I thought these to hunt. And we were like, okay, okay. All right. You go to Charleston and represent, and I'll be here and represent. But one of the things in our house, and you talk to my wife, you talk to my daughter, it is now, I have now cultivated an atmosphere of faith in God. Do you understand? You notice the word I said there, cultivate. And that in itself, it is countless messages. Now, I want you to look at this. Hebrews 12, 2. Looking... Unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Pause there for a second. Now, this subheading I've entitled, By Christ Dying, we now have, y'all ready for this? Not just faith in God, but we now have the faith of Christ. Do you understand this? He says, I died so that you could also have this faith that you've seen me exhibit it. It's now yours. Now, watch this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. What does that word finisher mean? The person that completes it, solidifies it, validates it. Right? So Christ did all of this that I went through on the cross. One of the things I've did now is to put my stamp on your faith. Now, what kind of faith? The other scripture that says we're all given the measure of faith. So all these great men you've heard of, Smith Bigglesworth, D.L. Moody, uh, name them. All of them have 
the same measure of faith that Christ gave to all of us. The difference is some cultivate and activate and use that faith and others is afraid of it. No, I can't have, oh no, I can't believe God for that. No, no, no. And the devil is like, yeah, that's what you do. So he says he's the finisher of that faith. Who for the joy. Now I just read all the things Christ experienced, right? That we will never understand. Such deep hurt, torn apart. The Bible says he was, he was ripped to pieces. He was ripped to shreds. God turned his own back on him. The whole Godhead. But here's what it talks about Jesus. He says, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. What kind of joy is he talking about? Huh? What is this joy that made Jesus says, you know what? I'm going to experience the most painful, agonizing death that anyone could ever or will ever experience. But there's a joy in there for me. What is the joy? Part of the joy is this loving family that God created. Where he says, you know what? It used to be just the three of us. And yes, there were others in there, but they had to give blood sacrifices and all of this. But now I have paid the price. We're on this earth. I have now duplicated myself. Father, you gave up one son to gain millions and millions. You gave up one son and now you've got millions. That is why the devil hates us so. Because we have what he will never have. And that is that oneness with God. Now, it says here, set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Getting back to the other scripture when he says it is finished. Christ is now seated on the right hand of the Father. He's relaxing, he's chilling. Everything that he will ever do, he's done it. You understand? Galatians 2.20. Now watch this. Remember, I've talked about the faith of God, right? I am crucified with Christ. This is Paul writing. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. I am crucified with Christ. He says, I bore all the pain. I bore all the suffering. But you get the credit. <laughs> but you've got the credit just like I did. You understand this? Not only that, he says, the life I now live in this flesh, I live by, oh, you got to read all of it. I live by what? The faith of the Son of God. Pause for a second. I said that before. What does the faith of Jesus look like? Was he a man of faith? That's one of the scriptures I've read all my life. And the Holy Spirit says, listen to what Paul says. We now live by the faith of Christ. The Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Faith works by one way. It has to be released. Listen, folks. Take these scriptures down. Begin to rehash. Begin to memorize. Begin to feed it into your spirit. Every time you encounter something, I don't care if it's a headache or, or stage 
18 cancer. It matters not to God. It's all the same thing. It's got to go behind you. Amen. You have got to begin to understand this. Stop. Stop putting big faces on the problems of this world. Amen. It makes no difference to God. It's already done. He paid for it. How do you do it? Live it. Speak it. Don't stop it. Stop looking at what? That's another scripture. The just shall do what? We've heard that verse many times before, right? Dissect it. The just shall do what? Live. Not the just shall visit faith ever so often. Not the just shall touch in faith when you come to Sunday morning or Easter Sunday morning service. I hear about faith. Hallelujah. Live. Constant. Day in, day out. You've got to start flooding your hearts and your mind with faith. Your kids come in. Oh, daddy, in the name of Jesus, the word of God says, I will not accept it. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I got the flu. I developed the flu. And I tell you what, my work break is here with me. Afterward, I got extremely angry with the devil. Because I went for years and years without being sick. And I began to look back because that's the kind of person I am. If something fails, I want to know, God, what, what happened, Father? And he said, begin to look, look, look back at what preceded. So it started off with a cough. And I, was, and I went to work and I said, I said, I feel like something is attacking my body. Right off the bat. I, 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 think, I think it's the flu. And then I, I, I kind of topped it off in the end. But you know what? It wouldn't succeed. But you know what? I had already set the foundation. And that's a whole nother scripture, a whole nother messages of our words. Oh my goodness. Faith is released through your words. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And I, oh my goodness, there's so many scriptures on that that is so powerful about your speech. Christ, everything he did, he spoke it. He spoke it. He even spoke about speaking it. He said, therefore, he said, Mark eleven twenty three. If you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in your heart, you shall have whatsoever you said. And then he turned right around and said, Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive it, and you shall have everything you place back on you, on you, on me. So we spend our time, oh God, oh Father, we're going to have an all-night vigil. We heard some kind of report that the enemy, you went to your doctor, you heard about a family member. What do you want? Oh, we want to have a prayer vigil. We're going to come here Friday night for 24 hours and we're just going to call and cry out to God. And God is like, you want to cry to me for what? For healing? It's there. These are the keys the Holy Spirit began to show me. That is why men like Smith Bigglesworth who would walk into an auditorium and somebody is sick. You don't hear them, oh, oh, God, no. In the name of Jesus, be healed. But you have got to get to the place where you receive it. You know what I told God? I said, Father, I will not live my life underprivileged. Mm -mm, not going to happen. 
I don't care. I don't fit in anymore. No, 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 no. It doesn't matter. Not the pol political roles. Not black. Not white. I don't care what it is. I am a blessed child of God. That is the number one. Nothing can stop me from fulfilling God's plan for my life. So then we have the faith of God. Last thing and I'm going to close out. Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14. We're going to bring this in. Live this life. Live the blessed life. Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That the blessing, another whole long series of messages there, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through who? Through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Christ died. He says, I'm not only going back to the Father, I'm not leaving you helpless. I've got the Holy Spirit. When you study the Holy Spirit, it says, I'm leaving somebody exactly like me. But here's the difference. When I walked on earth, it's just me. I couldn't be all over the place. I was just one Jesus. But he says, no, I'm leaving the Holy Spirit. And he's all over. Every single place. That's why in the Old Testament, that scripture says, and the whole earth is full or filled with the glory of God. How is it going to be full? In our hearts. Folks, I've been sent here this morning to tell you, stop living your life as ordinary people. Stop it. Begin to challenge your faith. Begin to challenge your faith. Watch how you're spending your time. Watch what you're feeding. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What your mouth says is what you will have. If you fill your heart with junk, when situations face you out of your mouth, will come junk. That's what you're going to have. That's why so many of Christians, our lives are being wreaked with havoc. The first time you encounter something, oh, I'm, oh man, I'm not, this is going to happen. I, I know I, I ain't this and I'm that and this and that. Check yourself. Look throughout the course of the day of how many stuff that you're speaking that is out of line with what God's word says we are. You feel a little pain. I don't know. I'm going to check the doctor because, you know, our daddy died of such and such and such and such. Something happened with your, with your child, your husband, your wife. I don't know. I, I think something may be going on with him. You know, I see his action. Or I, see her, I heard her on the phone the other day. I think such and such. And you begin spewing all this stuff up instead of simply speaking the word of God. Amen? Live beyond the cross. Live beyond resurrections, Easter Sunday, what does it mean to you that we must live this blessed life? Stop depending on somebody to get you to the blessed life. Amen? Pastor's not going to do it. Assistant pastor, uh, Mother Teresa, nobody. Christ already did all he's going to do. Reach out and grab it. Hold it. And don't ever let it go. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold all of God's promises are yea and amen. Father, 
I want to give you praise this morning. I want to thank you. I know you've called us to this blessed life. I know your heart, God. Your heart aches for so many of us when you see us every single day falling victim to the devil. When your word says greater, greater are you in us than the devil in this world. Your word also declares that you have caused us to triumph always, always. We need your help. Holy Spirit of the living God, we need you. We need you to activate the faith in each one of us, to illuminate the word of God and make it plain to us that we may see and hear and understand and do your will. I give you glory. I give you the honor. I give you the praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, give God some praise in this place. Give God some praise in this place. I'm going to make an altar call just before I leave. And if you know me by now, I'm not into because it's the Spirit of God that does it. Amen? You've got to develop your faith. If you're here this morning and the Spirit of God has been speaking to you, telling you it's time to take your life to the next level. Folks, you've got family members out there that's going to be depending on the faith that you're going to kickstart this morning. For many of you, there's folks around you is going to mean the difference of life and death. And for many of you, it's going to make the difference of life and death in your own life. Because something else the Holy Spirit taught me also, that the will of mankind is sovereign. God made it that way. That's the law he's put into place. He will not go against anyone's will. Why? That's one of the spiritual laws. That your will, what you want to do, is sovereign to God. So you can't pray, God, please let Sister Lou give me a million dollars. Nope. You will not violate her will. So you've got to make the choices for yourself. Now, I could pray. People pray all kind of prayer. Father, I want you to save Bob. Scripture never says to pray to save him. It says pray and send laborers into the field. Send somebody who we know that they'll listen to. Amen. There's so many. I'm so full of God. There's so many things. But if you're sitting here and you feel the Holy Spirit tugging in your heart and says, you know what? It's time, folks. Florence needs people of God who will demonstrate the power and the presence of God. There's time out for just singing and shouting and all that. It means nothing. What happens when the rubber meets the road? When was the last time you lay hands on someone who was feeling sick and see the Spirit of God touch them? When was the last someone came to you with a problem that you prayed and saw results? That is what separates us. That is the life God has called us to be. Operating just like Christ did when he was here. If this is you, and this is your desire this morning, I want you to come forward. We're going to close out at the altar. Not going to be long. I'm not going to walk down and lay hands on you for another 800 minutes. Nope. If you know what you want God to do in your heart, you've got to know it. I don't, don't come up here because I said so. Feel it here. Say, God, I'm ready. That's all it takes. 
And you come down here and God is waiting. He's ready to do business this morning. This is you. Come on. Let's do it. Hallelujah. If you're feeling, say, God, I want to change my life. I want to move to a new level of faith that I've never encountered before. To see all kind of stuff. Scott or Jay, you got something soft you could play? Anybody? Come on, I'm not going to be here long. Hallelujah. 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 Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You said, God, I want to take my faith to another level. Hallelujah. Come on down. Hallelujah. 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 God is calling. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not going to be here long, folks. You've lived your life one way all this time. It's time for a change. Fire starters. Fire starters. Give me another one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, here we go. If you're up here this morning, just lift your hands. Brother, I want you just to go and just anoint everyone for me. As you're lifting your hands this morning, begin to just thank God in your spirit. Thank Him. Yep. He is here. Just begin to thank Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father God, we just stand on your word. Nothing less your word we believe every word you says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from your mouth hallelujah 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 folks out there i want you just to begin to thank god if you think your faith is exactly where you want it to be go ahead but other words just point your hands and begin to thank god with us up here hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. 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 Here we go. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know what your word says, God. We know it is your desire. We know you paid the price. Right now, in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and now speaking to everyone this morning, receive now the power of the Holy Spirit. Receive faith. Faith now in the name of Jesus. Oh God, reveal the mysteries of your word. Right now, let our appetite be created, God, for more of you. That we may consume your word. That we may feast on your word. In the name of Jesus. 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 Name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. It is done. It is done. Receive it. Receive now. Receive it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh, mama, my In the name of Jesus. Receive it. Receive it. Receive now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Power and authority. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, God. I thank you. I thank you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh God, you see your heart and our mind right now. Receive now power, anointing, faith, mountain moving faith. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh God, I thank you. I thank you now. 
receive now. Receive, receive all that God has for you. Receive it, receive it now. Every part of it, all of it now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, for what you are getting ready to do, for what is done this day. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I thank you. I thank you now. I thank you, God. I thank you for your power and your presence. I thank you, God. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Receive now all that God has for you. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Oh God, let his life never be the same. Oh God, let him experience your power and your presence like never before. Oh God, I thank you. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. Oh, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, everybody out there, stand with me and just let's worship God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Father, I thank you for your word that was spoken this morning. Your word declared that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. Now let the seeds of your word that was planted this morning water it by your Holy Spirit, dear Father. Water the word. Let it now begin to germinate and to grow and to grow and to grow oh god and let signs follow it let signs follow it. let signs follow your word oh god let the sick be healed let blinded eyes be made open let deaf ears be made open let the lame walk oh god and those who were very dead Oh God, be resurrected. The glory and the honor belongs to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Folks, remember, this has absolutely nothing to do with your emotions. You are not saved because you feel like it or don't feel like it. Amen. You are saved because you've accepted Christ and that's it. Amen. You don't have the power of the Holy Spirit because you feel a tingly note. He is there. Put him to work. Amen. Speak it. Stop waiting for tingly feelings. Exercise. Faith in God's word. And I promise you, you will see things happen in your life that will blow the doors that go over everything you've ever imagined. Amen. When you put God to the test, put him to his word. His way, he gets excited when you hold him to his word. Amen. Amen. Come on, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah. 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 Hallelujah.